Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship. Happy New Year. It is 2023. Um, We'll pray that God blesses this year for all of us. Um, Before we get going into our worship service, I'll just announce that we don't have youth this evening or our Sunday evening worship, worship. so this is our only service today, Um, but next week we'll be back to our regular schedule. Um, Next week also there are a couple of events for the women in our church. There's a day and night circle meeting on January 9th, and I call your attention to the Joy Group event that's coming up on the 27th for information on that. If you're interested, you can always talk to Midge if you have questions about that. Uh, We are glad to welcome uh, Bebo Elkin to preach this morning. I'm looking forward to hearing from him. And uh, those are all of our announcements. So God invites us. He brings us here to worship him. He is with us uh, in this new year, leading us into worship. So would you take a few moments to quiet your hearts and your minds uh, as we prepare to worship? There's no better way to start the year than in worship. So would you please stand for God's call to worship him from Psalm 113, verses 1 through 3. This is God's word. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Uh, Would you praise the Lord with me? We'll sing hymn number four, all praise to God who reigns above. Let's worship with hymn number four.
Holy Spirit, we are grateful for you bringing us into this place to worship you this morning. God, you are worthy of all praise and honor and glory this year and forevermore. So we pray that you would lead us in worship this year and this day. God, that you would bless us by your presence, that you would bless us in the worship of you, that you would encourage our hearts and strengthen our faith, and that you would lift up the brokenhearted, that you would comfort those who are hurting, that you would walk with those who are feeling weak. God, you are so good to us, and so we pray that you would bless this time, and would you lead us in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. If you would remain standing in your bulletin, we have the Confession of Faith, which is the Apostles' Creed. It's been confessed for hundreds, even thousands of years, and we join in the global church in confessing these truths that we believe uh, God has given us in his word about himself and about the world and about us. So I would invite you in faith to Uh, Recite this confession of faith with me now. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We'll take a few moments now to go before God in personal and silent prayer. As we begin this new year, uh, we can simply ask God to help us to pray, uh, to help us to be in his presence, uh, able to listen to him and speaking to him all of our needs and desires and wants, whatever it is that is on our mind. Let's go before God and spend this time in prayer, and then I'll lead us in a corporate prayer. So let's go and pray together individually and silently now. Holy Father, we pray this morning and we remember uh, that you do not change from the rising of the sun to its setting 
Your name will be great among the nations. And so we pray that you would be gracious to us, God, that you would pour out your blessing and be good to us this morning, uh, this Sabbath, and this year. You have loved us with a great love by sending your son Jesus to take on flesh and live and die in our place for our sins and to rise and triumph from the grave. You have loved us and will continue to love us into 2023 and beyond time. Yet even in our best intentions, we know we're clouded by our own sin. We ask in our hearts oftentimes and in our actions and our words, how have you loved us, God? As the people you spoke to in the Old Testament questioned you, we question as well. We might think that our year was hard, or we might ask, where did you love me? Or I lost relationships and family members, my body broke down, my finances have been difficult, I had desires that you did not fulfill. How have you loved me? We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sin, of our doubts, that you would bless us with godly repentance that leads to renewed trust in you. Would you cause us to see your love and your blessing? Would you help us? Dear Father, you say this to each one of us once again this year. I have loved you. I love you today, and I will love you all of your days. Lord, help us to remember your law, your holy word, and draw us to yourself. Holy Spirit, you carry the brokenhearted. You give strength to all of God's people. There are so many things that we are thankful for, Lord. Most of all, this past week, we thank you for the many hands that repaired Louisville's water system. Uh, Lord, there are so many that we don't even know who spent uh, countless hours bringing that up uh, to function again. And it's weeks like this past week that cause us to remember all the different ways that we have been blessed by you. Lord, would you continue to be with us and to be with this town? Would you continue to show your love to Robert and Carol and their family that the treatments this coming week would be effective and helpful to Robert? We pray for restoration for the the members of our church that have been sick or have had a health crisis over the holidays. Lord, give them full recovery and bring them back to full strength. And as we move into this ordinary time of the year, we pray, Lord, that you would do more than we can ask or think or imagine. That you would bring people to repentance, that you would bring blessing to the nations, and that you would come again soon. Lord, lead us as we go further into this worship service. Bless the words of Bebo's mouth and the meditations of his heart. Bless us with your word and the power of of your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and open our ears, cause us to receive what you are going to speak to us this morning. We thank you for this time of worship, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. We'll take a moment now to give our tithes and offerings. So as you have been blessed by God, uh, God calls us to give as we have been given to. We'll do that now.
Please pray with me. God, as we read in Malachi, you say that as we give our tithes and offerings to test your goodness, to see how you will bless us as we give. So Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings, we look in expectation at the blessings that you will pour out. In many ways, in things that are invisible that we will never see. But God, we know that you are at work. So we pray that you would bless our tithes and offerings and multiply them and use them for this church, this town, across the world. God, you are at work even in our meager and small tithes and offerings that may not mean a lot to us or seem significant, but are, are so significant to you. So God, we ask that you would bless this time of giving and that you would enlarge our hearts as we move into this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stay standing, we'll continue singing together with hymn number 88. Hymn 88, which is, With Grateful Heart, My Thanks I Bring. Let's continue worshiping together.
Thank you. Please be seated. It's good to be back with you again. Thank you for the privilege. As I come, I am reminded of a number of things. Bear with me just a little bit as you're turning with me to the scripture reading in First Peter, First, Second Peter, First, Second, Third John, Jude, Revelation, right toward the end of the New Testament. You're just—I think you're always on my mind. <laughs> From uh, Yazoo City friends to. Having been born in Kosciuszko, having been converted, I think, at Lake Forest Ranch all those years ago, as recently as Presbytery Zoom prayer meeting on Thursday, in which we seem inevitably praying for Ed and for Robert, <laughs> uh, and we do, we do, we pray for you, and Mike Triplett's usually on that Zoom call, and Stephen Holman at times too. Uh, I, I feel like I'm sort of at home. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I was on the phone. Who remembers this? I was on the phone this week with Tommy Shields. Does anybody remember Tommy Shields? <laughs> yeah. He was going around the congregation telling me things about you. <laughs> uh, they were all sort of okay. <laughs> but uh, Tommy and I were talking about you this week also. That was fun. It was uh a good remembrance uh, to have of you talking with Tommy. I invite you to look with me at the reading of Scripture for this morning, just a couple of verses actually. First Peter and the first chapter, verses 1 and 2. We know that Paul rightly told us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is therefore profitable for us for a number of reasons. God has given His Word, and we are grateful that He has spoken. Thus, the Word of God. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. I gave a little title to it. Think with me about this little title and we'll get to the points in just a moment. But in a bit of an introduction, as I was reading some about this passage, one man said that, Peter, and you remember who Peter was, remember how what a scoundrel he was, and you remember in Mark 16, the angel said to the ladies, go tell the disciples and Peter, because Peter needs encouragement. One man says of the work of Peter in these writings that they are to explain the tenets of Christianity. Oh, okay, that sounds profitable, doesn't it? He said, to encourage godly living. Oh, okay. To prepare them for suffering. Oh, that too. And Peter is giving us his relationship with Jesus 
based on the years, based on his failure, and based now on the Spirit of God being supremely at work in his life. Peter writes this by God's inspiration. One man thinks at least for those reasons for you and me. Okay? Little bitty point in the introduction. Little bitty point in the introduction. All those years ago, Bellhaven College. Dr. Norman Hopper, Harper made us read a book. <laughs> Imagine that. I had to read a book at Bellhaven. And then, in that book, well, I, I was um, praying for Norm's, uh, Young's son this morning, driving up here. Norm DeYoung wrote that book, Education in the Truth. But Norm explained to us this little pedagogical principle Information for you and me is supposed to go somewhere. It's supposed to go to understanding. Understanding is supposed to go to somewhere. It is to go to wisdom. Wisdom is supposed to go somewhere. It is supposed to go to assuming responsibility commensurate with our age and place in life. We don't just read for information. We ask God to give us maturity in understanding it and give us responsible living before him resulting from what he teaches us in his word. Okay, little point intro number two. Little point intro number three and we'll be out of the introduction. Some of you know that for decades I worked with Reform University Fellowship, RUF. was sort of the second guy in all those years ago. In staff training, early ministers and interns would have heard one phrase in particular from the human agent responsible for the beginning of what became RUF. Mark Lowry would inevitably say in staff training, God is at work. God is at work. That becomes the thesis. Becomes the title, it becomes the thesis. And that's the kind of thing that we hear Peter explaining to us in this little bitty passage, which is monumental and would that we could unpack it well, but we're going to make an effort to unpack some of it. God is at work. My first of four little points would be this God is at work as he foreknew. His people. Definition of foreknowledge. Because that's the, that's the phrase that Peter is using here. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Foreknowledge. What foreknowledge? God knows all things, one man said, as they actually come to pass, past, present, and future. The omniscience of God. God knows all things because He is God. I think I may have said in prayer meeting, because I did prayer meeting here for a while on two different occasions, I think I may have said it back then, but the, the five most important words in the English language are, in the beginning God created. In the beginning God created. Prior to time and space, God foreknew every possibility and all that occurs. Acts 4.27 says this, For truly in this city 
there were gathered together against thy holy servant Jesus, whom thou didst anoint, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever thy hand and thy purpose predestined to occur. They were tools in the hand of God, accomplishing his purpose. God had a plan. God accomplished his plan, incidentally, and we'll say another thing or two about it in just a moment. God accomplished his plan for our redemption. God foreknew. Foreordination rests upon foreordination. Oh, two big old words that seminary teaches you. You have to, you have to think about it every now and then. Foreknowledge and foreordination. John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan once said this, Election is as eternal as God is without variableness or shadow of change. And thus is called an eternal purpose. It is absolute and unconditional, John Bunyan went on to say. Why is it absolute and unconditional? Because God decreed it. God knows what he decreed. God decrees and he knows what he decreed. He knows what he decreed. He knows it's foreknown uh, for, for because he decreed it. It reminds us, doesn't it, of the catechism questions. Does anybody in here remember the catechism questions? What are God's, what are God's decrees? The decrees of God are His eternal purpose according to the counsel of His will, whereby He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. Wow. God's decree into eternity past. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'll admit it to you. I'm lost. I cannot fathom timeless eternity. I cannot fathom there being no space. But what are the five most important words in the English language? In the beginning God created, and it was by His decree into eternity past that He has foreordained and foreknown. Okay, the next catechism. How did God execute his decrees? God executed his decrees in the works of creation <laughs> and providence. God did it out of nothing. Seminary again makes you think of a phrase here ex nihilo, out of nothing. There weren't molecules that God used to put together. He decreed it and it happened. And look at the majesty of God's created work. Look at the beauty of this creation. It is fascinating. Look at the extent of it. Look at how look look look, look at the majesty of what God did in his creative work. And the question answers with a part two also. Creation and providence. Or to God's works of providence. God's works of providence are as holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. Whew. I'm glad. Are you glad? I'm very glad. I am very glad that God's fingerprints are all over you 
and all over me. God is at work. God, that's what Peter's saying right here. Because of his foreknowledge, God accomplished his purpose, accomplished his purpose of our redemption, accomplished his purpose incidentally of creation, accomplished his purpose incidentally of his fingerprints being all over you in everything that occurs. I'd like to begin the year with this little passage because this little passage gives me that moment to say, Huh. Huh. Look at what God has done. Look at what God is doing. And look at what God has promised that He will do. Huh. Providence. Resting on God's decree. The origin of God's foreknowledge. Your spiritual well-being is dependent upon God. We say it a lot, don't we? That we believe in the grace of God. We believe, though, don't we? That God is very gracious to His people. All those years ago at Lake Forest Ranch, amazingly, I think God chose to change me. And the word since that justifying event has been sanctification through these decades. And what is God doing? He's dealing with you and me, moving us through sanctification to the point of glorification. I might say, the world is sort of terrifying to me. <laughs> It, 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 it's, it's sort of filled with things today that I couldn't understand it might be, be happening. In my devotions this past week, one of the things I do is I read from a book of the Puritan writings. Ezekiel Hopkins said this. Ezekiel Hopkins said that though we may have personal suffering or public afflictions... Imagine God in His providence is nonetheless restraining. God is nonetheless restraining. I live in Jackson, Mississippi. Come on down. <laughs> Come live with us. Jackson can be a terrifying place these days. Public suffering. Uh, private suffering and public afflictions. God's fingerprints are still all over you. And God is accomplishing His purpose. Point number one, uh, don't, don't be too alarmed. My points always get smaller as I go. Point number two is, God is at work in your sanctification. That's what, that's what Peter is saying here in the second verse. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. The great Puritan, John Owen, once said, Now our whole evil frame was cured by the eternal working, the effectual working of the Holy Spirit in the renovation of our nature. That change is the cause of our holiness. 
meaning God is at work in our sanctification as much as he was at work in our justification. Peter, imagine, imagine Peter saying that. <laughs> that old rascal. Imagine. He's got it. He understands it. Jesus said, calling upon his Father, Sanctify them in the truth, thy word is truth. Hebrews 13, then, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered. And my favorite verses in the Bible, Philippians 2, 12b and 13, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean that we work and we save ourselves. It means that we live out our sanctification over time. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, causing you to will and to do of His good pleasure. As you and I make any progress in sanctification, it is resulting from God being at work in us. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. By the time you wrote this, this letter, obviously you were getting it. And by God's inspiration, you're giving us what we need when it comes to God being at work in my sanctification. Hmm. God hath chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit, Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians. Do you feel like you've made any progress in 22? <laughs> what are you anticipating in 23? You and I, because of God, are anticipating becoming a bit more Jesus-like in all that we do. We're anticipating putting away some of that scurrilous old self-will. And as I use words like that, you're having to think about some of your old scurrilous stuff inside and outside. And God is at work. God is at work in your sanctification. That's what Peter said right here in this passage. Number three in my point, in my little outline, the third point is this concerning God at work. God is at work, as Peter said, in sprinkling the blood of Christ on you. Sprinkling the blood of Christ. I have to admit that that's a little bit difficult for me. Uh, what, what in the world is Peter saying there? Well, I had to do a little bit of a... Uh, rambling through to try to come up with what Peter might be saying and seems as though he is saying something like this. We are being sprinkled with the blood of Christ continually. John Owen said, By the special application of the blood of Christ, the Holy Spirit becomes the efficient cause of the purging of our souls from all the defilements of sin. Especially applying, the Spirit of God is specially applying the blood of Christ today to you and me. It calls to my mind something that was going on in Leviticus 16, the great day of atonement. You remember from uh, vacation Bible school, you remember from Sunday school, you remember on the great day of atonement, the priest would do two things. There would be two goats 
one goat had the sins of the people, not extensively, but at least categorically, confessed over the head of the goat. I don't know anything about goats. Do you know anything about goats? I don't know anything about goats. I've never been around a goat. But I have read that goats are pretty dumb. The sins being confessed over the head of that goat, it was led off into the wilderness so far that the dumb goat could never return. Okay, my sins have been taken away. The other goat had its throat cut. The blood from that sacrifice was sprinkled, as it were, over the whole congregation of believers. Hence, we are covered by the blood of Jesus so that there need not be any individual facing the reality of the wages of your sin. That's what Peter's saying, I think. I believe that's what he's talking about. We began the year all covered. I am so glad there's some things about last year that I don't have to deal with. And one of the big things I don't have to deal with was my not dealing with me in the ways that I should have in 2022. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. Well, point number three, we're sprinkled with the blood. Point number four, God is at work blessing you with grace and peace. That's exactly what Peter says there. He is tumbling down grace and and peace on you out of heaven. Can you imagine what Peter must have been thinking when he wrote those words? Can you imagine his reflection on his past when he wrote those words? Again, Bunyan said, by God's choice, purpose, and decree, the elect have been allotted in Christ a sufficiency of grace to bring them through all difficulties to glory. The Lord is at work until the very end. Do you ever listen to Do you ever listen to Do you ever listen to old gospel tunes on the radio? I do. <laughs> the theology is not always wonderful. But uh when Jan and I retire in the evening, I pop in my ear plugs whatever you call those things and I listen to old-time gospel tunes. The Florida Boys sing one entitled, The Theology is Not Really Too Straight, but I just love to listen to it. The Beautiful Life. And in that, in that hymn that they sing, they declare that my days on this earth are coming to a close. 
but I will be going to the place where there is no setting sun. God tumbles down mercy and grace to you and me, making us more fit for, more appropriate unto what happens when our days are coming to a close. I just, I love the thought. And I, I polished the hymn a little bit because I like it a little bit better polished like that. God is at work and giving you peace and giving you grace and giving you mercy. Peace is grounded in God at work. Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Grace and peace change us to make us more like the Savior. Surely God will never, will never, will never not give us the peace and grace and mercy that we need. Luther said, Peace is the favor of God which now begins, uh, begins in us but must work more and more and multiply unto death. God is multiplying His benefits to us. Are you grateful? Are you grateful at the beginning of this year that our start is metaphorically brand new? But such as it is every day, isn't it? Every day in Christ, we're beginning afresh and anew. Not because of our energy, not because of your uh, super spirituality, but because God has foreknown you into eternity past. And he foreordained all of his works to accomplish his purpose. And in that foreordination, he is bringing you and me to our days on earth being completed. To go to the place where there is no setting sun. I, I just like to think about the beginning of the year like that. Do you get it? I'm trying to get it. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? God is at work. Praise the Lord that He is. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Jesus Christ, God Himself, same in substance, equal in power and glory with the Father and the Spirit, three in one, mystery of all mysteries. We are grateful that Peter, in the hand of God, has given us words of encouragement about your involvement with us. 
We're grateful that you have not backed away from us. We're grateful that you are as involved today as you were in days gone by. Would you make us to be more like the Savior, we pray. For it is in his name that we ask it. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 691. It is well with my soul. 691.
Let us pray. Almighty God, because of the work of Jesus, we come confidently asking, sir, that you would apply these truths that Peter has given us by your hand and that we might show the maturity of Christ as we seek to live for you. Bless us. Spirit of, Spirit of God, be with us. We pray in his name. Amen.